Hello, wonderful people. Welcome back. My guests today are none other than Johnny and Youssef from propanefitness.com, and it is another Life Hacks episode. If you are new here, you may not have heard one of these yet. We did the last one in October, but this is maybe the 15th episode we've done on Life Hacks. Basically, we go through our favorite tools, tips, and tactics for a productive and efficient life. Everything from apps to strategies, books, ways to make a toasted sandwich and everything in between, and then we discuss them for a little bit, and everything that we talk about is linked in the show notes below so that you can go and buy it or check it out for yourself or just remember it later on. So today, expect to learn why I brought a potato to a podcast, my biggest productivity tip for 2021, how Johnny is generating ideas in the shower, Yusuf's favorite journaling app, how to ensure you never miss your creatine again, and much more. In other news, we hit 100,000 subs on YouTube, which is amazing. Thank you very much to everyone who's gone over and subscribed and continues to support the show. Uh, Yeah, uh, two and a half years we've been running stuff away on YouTube and we've just broken that 100,000 barrier really quickly and now we're at 110. So um, yeah, I'm super, super happy. Me and Dean, we really do work hard, you know? And it means a lot that that is getting recognized by the market. I'd still have these conversations, even if no one listened. It's more for me than it's for anyone else. But the fact that more and more people are discovering it and enjoying it really does mean a lot. So thank you. In other, other news, I have perhaps even a better announcement, which is that Reebok have released the brand new Nano 11. The X was my favorite training shoe and they've just come out and beaten it again. Brand new colorways, brand new styling, a new heel cup, more heel drop, more comfort, more support. Basically, they've upgraded everything that I loved about the Nano X and made this one, the 11, even better. On top of that, you still get 20% off. So you can get a pair of the brand new Reebok Nano 11s for £89, under 90 quid for the best training shoe on the planet, brand new colorways and everything else. Plus, you can receive 20% off everything else site-wide at reebok.co.uk and use the code MW20 for 20% off. That also works across all of Europe as well, so perhaps you're someone who's French who's listening or someone who's German, you can go and you can also receive 20% off with the code MW20. I implore you to just go and have a look at the Reebok site and look at how beautiful these new Nano 11s are. They're so nice and they will make a huge difference to how you feel when you're training. They're stable, supportive, comfortable. Just go go and buy yourself a pair right now. Reebok.co.uk and the code MW20 for 20% off everything. But for now, it's time for a very, very hot potato with Johnny and Youssef. Johnny, I've got a present for you here. I'm not sure if you can see that. Um, yes. This is a very, I mean, it's it's burning my fingers. I'm having to sort of, so if Johnny, if you can just. What, I, what we all need is a potato prop. Yeah, well, you've got one. And then Dean can make it. Look like happen. a real potato, yeah. But this is a real so, potato. You're up first, Johnny. What have you got for us? It looks room temperature, but I'm happy to catch it. So I have what I think is the best list of life hacks. I've ever had in the history of life hacks. Big Are shout. we ready Big shout. for life hack number one? I think I've already told you of this, but it is a waterproof notepad for the shower. 
So I <laughs> I have the most ideas and thoughts that ever occurred to me all day happen in the shower. And what I do is like try and leave my phone within sort of kind of touching distance so that Hey Siri. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Siri. So that that doesn't work because the the sound of the water is louder or like gets in the way. And then you try and make a note on your phone with shower hands and it's just not gonna happen because there's like you end up typing the wrong word. So I bought it off Amazon. It's waterproof paper with a waterproof pencil. It's a su- suction onto like a tile or glass. And I just write it down. Then when I get out of the shower, I pull the thing off, put it in my OmniFocus. Captured. Turn showers. I reckon, I reckon we've generated revenue now from my showers. <laughs> How does a waterproof pencil and waterproof paper work? It's like... um. It's hard to describe, to be honest. It's it is like no other pencil and paper I've ever used in my life. So it's it looks like a pencil, it functions like a pencil, but somehow you're able to write on wet paper and it works and it doesn't wash off. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But of course this I suppose this requires so I suppose it's part of a general kind of way that I'm trying to improve my life, which is I'm so confident now in OmniFocus because it's so much better than TikTok that I know that the only thing I need to do is make sure I'm capturing everything. So I have like a, a, a pad of paper for when I'm meditating because that's some, another time that it happens. And I have this in the shower. And then I use like Siri in the car and my AirPods when I'm training and things like that. So it's just, it's just a game of how, how do I ensure that nothing slips through the cracks? And the shower, the waterproof pad of paper is, uh, is the one I'm most proud of. Any questions? <laughs> You've got quite a lot of use out of it so far. Loads. You said you, Loads. you've like, I think you must have a really high density of shower thoughts. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's an average of like three to four things a shower. How long's a shower for you? Five minutes. Sometimes so longer. Yeah, what, like what's shower. interesting is I found shower thoughts correlate with viral tweets for me. So there's been times when I've poured my heart into crafting a tweet that I think, yeah, this ticks all the boxes to gain traction, gain followers, go viral, tumbleweeds. And then a stupid shower thought that you just think, oh, just next day you wake up and it's got thousands of likes and you're like, oh, I didn't, didn't we need really to get want that one to go viral. Waterproof paper, man. Think what, so. tweet, tweet from the paper? Shower tweets, yeah. <laughs> that would be good. Like, and a waterproof iPad built into the wall. I did. I think... <laughs> Anything that increases or reduces friction for capture is going to be a winner. I don't think I have very many ideas in the shower, but I tend to shower on a night and you tend to shower in the morning, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like by 9 p.m., 10 p.m. at night when I'm having my shower, like I'm, I'm all ideaed out. So a few of these life hacks came from shower, shower capture. Wow, okay. last episode, Johnny. You Pardon? were showering in the night time because of sleep quality. So I do after training. <laughs> I shower in the night time after training, but not every night. Interesting. There, there we go. Yusuf, what you got for us? So I've got an anti-hack to start with. And the reason I'm saying this is because it might impact this episode. I've ordered a new dash cam because last time I had a car crash, my dash cam didn't pick up the footage because 
it was so old. So <laughs> I got the worst of both worlds. And because it's over £100 value, Amazon have now started doing a one-time password that you ha- that they send you within five minutes of the delivery man coming and you have to quickly tell him the passcode. And then you take your leave and go. So the the problem is this might happen now. So yesterday I was on a, a podcast with Johnny and Menno Henselmans and the Amazon man was like absolutely going mental on the door. And my flatmate answered the door and he couldn't accept the parcel because he didn't have the password. You're thinking, would someone really like break into my house to take a parcel <laughs> to, to get a dash cam? Like it, it's, it's health and safety gone mad. So what's um, the hack? So the, the hack is like, yes, it's, it's a nice piece of security, just like online banking, but it's possible to lock yourself out of your own accounts in many ways where it, so I actually am anti, I know everyone's all like, oh, you need two-factor authentication and one-time passwords and stuff, but I think it's a pain. The hack off the back of it is if you want to avoid that and there's certain accounts that you have to use for, you know, when it texts you a verification code and you have to type it in, is use Safari because Safari will auto pull it in from your phone and then you just put your finger on the touch ID and it'll fill it in. Does that work with everything? So does that work with PayPal, for example? Yeah. Really? As long as it's sent to your number. If it's sent to mine, then... No, no, of course. But, but so, so the point is, like, instead of having... Because a, a lot of companies have two-factor authentication now, but I guess because cybercrime's increased, I assume, because of the last year. So you can just get rid of that and do it with your face if you use Safari on your computer. You can do it with your finger. I think they're going to launch Face ID in the next oh, generation of Macs. Oh, okay. Face ID on Mac with a slightly more robust um, set of payment presets and address and details and all that sort of stuff is going to be so good. Matthew Kobach that I had on the show a while ago owns Fast, and the goal of Fast is that you never need to put your payment details in again. Um, so that's like a cross-platform solution for this. So you'd have your Fast membership, and that would be across any website ever that you go into, it'll just auto-populate. Um, oh, that's cool. It's just it's a real slippery slope, but it's it, so convenient. Lots of people are buying stuff through e-com and other online stores, and they can't be asked to put their put their details in. Right, my first one. This is taken from Eliezer Yukowski, who is one of the guys behind LessWrong.com, part of the rationalist movement. Um, and he was talking about how he encourages himself to get out of bed. Given that I've had a pretty unstable sleep and wake pattern for quite a long time, getting out of bed, even during COVID, just sinking into a regular sleep and wake pattern has been challenging. And for me, if I get out of bed on time, when I said I would most of the rest of the day goes right. Whereas if I don't get out of bed at the time that I said I would, I would the rest of the day often tends to be a catastrophe. Um, so getting out of bed, not staying in bed, not hitting the snooze button, those are all important things for me to make sure happen. Um, I'm using two different sunrise alarm clocks to, because it's quite dark at the moment. So that's the first thing, but I've already spoken about that. Eliezer's uh, advice is to count down from 10 and breathe quickly with each count so if you think about anyone that's ever done a crossfit workout or any sort of high intensity class the coach will look at you if you're not doing something and go three two 
one, <laughs> back on the bar. And there's something about a countdown that forces you into action and gets you, yeah, he's like, well, you counted down from three. Like, I've got to do it. Um, and honestly, if you struggle to wake up on a morning, I was, I am one of those people, countdown from 10 and <sighs> big breath with each one. Honestly, it's it, it's such a it's such an easy hack because you're like, I'm, there's no way I'm going back to sleep after ten breaths plus I counted down and then you just throw the covers off you <laughs> and you're up. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're full of full of O2 and the covers are off. So what what I, ha- I have a similar contraption, which is um, when when my alarm goes off, I've got a spring load on the head of my bed, which flips me up and drops me into some trousers. Do you not need the dog to press that though? The the dog presses it. Then the toaster comes up in the air. The jam, the toast jam, flies jam up, hits it. Jam hits and then the, the, the potato gets baked. Exactly. <laughs> the only problem is if you're out of toast, because then it'll ping up. The jam flies goes over, where the toast should be, hits you in, hits the, you in the, face. the face, then it's the wrong trousers. I, I don't believe that for a moment, because you have cereal for breakfast rather than toast. The rest of it was fine. Until oh, that God. point. It was the, so, the toast through me. You know what? The... <laughs> There's a few little moments like that where you get rumbled for a little detail. Like someone went into my flatmate's bedroom and wrote him a, a semi-illegible note. And he and he came in and was like, Yusuf, did you write me that? Hang on, you don't have a pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you guys make sure that you wake up on time on the morning? I know you're alarm free now, Johnny. I know, it's great. So that's like the, the biggest win of, of 2020 for me was that's just massive. because every day was so similar and there was no like, no social stuff in the evening or nothing to throw me off. Um, some some of it is is Becca, my girlfriend, to be honest. Like she she loves sleep, whereas I find sleep an inconvenience. So like she wants to go to bed same time every day. So that's kind of my bedtime alarm. Like TV's off, so I'm not just going to sit in the dark on my own. So I go to bed at the same time roughly, and then just having the same wake time every day for a year. And now like I've even tried. So recently, kind of tried to get a bit more sleep tried to like push my my sleep time my wake time back a little bit and i can't <laughs> so we need to get back her on the podcast she's just got the wisdom of her forefathers hasn't she like drilled I don't into think, a daily routine I, she i don't think she'd want to come on the podcast i'll ask her though if chris wants her on but i don't think she'd she'll come be on. At a wedding. too wise to come on she'll be too busy. wise she'll be busy at a wedding right johnny what you got um so this one's a li- i suppose right now not necessarily that relevant but when gyms are back open again I ordered, um, so I don't often use dumbbells in training because a lot of the things I would use dumbbells for, I'm limited because I'm so muscly and strong. I'm limited by being able to get the dumbbell in position. So like dumbbell press, incline press, overhead press. I just can't, like I can't, I'm not strong enough to get it in position and then use the um, the range of motion. So I ordered from, uh, like a, it was like, there's, they, they used to be on Amazon, they're not anymore. They're now on like fitness superstore or something power hooks which they're only like 20 30 quid so you could take them to a gym with you it's a metal handle that wraps around the dumbbell and then attaches to the handle itself and you hold onto it and you're able to basically unrack the dumbbells as you would a barbell so in a in standing overhead press you just hook them onto like a rig or, or a barbell at shoulder height shoulder height or unrack it like a bench press and suddenly dumbbell variations become how much weight can you use on the dumbbell variation no shoulder injuries brilliant brilliant so they are like they're like 20 30 quid put them in your gym bag and then sorted what is your number one dumbbell movement 
that you've missed or that what is the movement that dumbbells give you that you think a barbell can't like the most what's the first place that you go to with regards to a dumbbell movement so for me i've always found when i do dumbbell bench press it helps my bench press which i know like obviously but like i'm always limited by just being able to get there you have to like get the dumbbells on your knees and then lie back and like flap around and then getting them off against a pain so dumbbell bench press for me is the biggest thing and i don't like overhead press with a barbell particularly it just doesn't my shoulders don't like it whereas dumbbells because you can kind of angle the dumbbell and it's a it's an easier range of motion so th those two like the most obvious that's why i bought them that's pretty good um, yeah it's awesome i like it man i um i really fell in love with seated strict press seated strict overhead press this year um such a good exercise because very nice yeah you can just get yourself locked in especially if you have a little bit of spinal instability like me and seth do like you can just brace yourself against so you'd have the bench at that one like the first the first notch that allows you to sit back a tiny bit and then you can give your upper back a little bit of room and i think it'd be interesting to see if you find that overhead position uncomfortable from a seated strict press johnny because it's um it's a lot more comfortable for me so I don't have a, an incline bench. I train in my, like I have a gym in my garage and I don't have an incline bench. So I'm limited it with that. But got, dining, mean, got dining chairs though. I do have dining chairs. <laughs> I've never thought about that, you know, but that, that literally would fix the problem. Well, did you not um, see this over summer when the first lockdown happened? There was tons and tons of videos of like lads in the garden, I, with like some unfortunate garden trestle chair. It's just, a, you know, like a classic plastic barbecue chair. And they've got yeah. themselves plus like quite a bit of weight, and you can see the legs are just going like this. Oh, horrible! I think like falling with a barbell in your hands while you're falling—it just—it's awful, isn't it? The thought of it. So is, much uh, can go wrong. Yeah, I've seen people put barbells on wheelie bins, like two wheelie bins, and then the wheelie bin lids cave in and stuff like that. Um, I think we've we've probably had every possible. Um, variation of barbell injury from like dropping it on your toe to like clipping your chin when you're doing an overhead press that is awful you ever done that yeah or you bite mm, your tongue yeah, yeah that's bad well, I, I thought of i thought of you chris with with these because didn't you wasn't the source of your back injury a dumbbell clean it was yeah correct so that's I, three I think, years three yeah, years I, ago I that well remembered i don't know why i remember that but I, I, it's something that i always whenever i'm like moving something into place i always think like chris, be careful chris hurt himself so him. yeah so like whenever you're doing a dumbbell overhead press if you're doing like four sets that's four maybe more so i'm actually doing like density style circuits with these with dumbbells at the moment so it's multiple sets of low reps that's like 10 or 15 cleans yeah. that i would have to do and i'm terrible at them so, so. It, there's a recurring theme there like i remember a few years ago i've got a really crisp memory of me lying on the floor like in tears and Chris came with a care package of malt loaf and smoothie and it was and like Volterol it was really really heartwarming Volterol and uh, that was because I think at like six in the morning I had the 50 kilo dumbbells trying to get them into place for a, a seated bench yeah. lying bench press and like it's when you try and get it onto your thighs as the first step before you roll back onto you, your back and I missed my leg. And so I'm like swinging around with one dumbbell and I, and I felt something ping and I was like, oh, I'll just deal with that in a second. Did my set. While you're doing the set, you feel your back just going like, mm -hmm. like oh no. And then when I put them down, I was like, I'm just gonna have to go home. There's one other 
moment like that where um, someone we know, Robbie, was doing lateral raises with um, the metal dumbbells. And between reps, he just dinked his bell end between the dumbbells. <laughs> and that was game over. He just like stopped the workout, <laughs> went home. Glanzo yeah. Megaly Negri, isn't it? <laughs> Instant. That would really hurt. Really, really hurt. Power hooks. I like it. Seth, what you got? This from AliExpress. I mean, AliExpress should be the life hack, actually, because it's a great way to just buy a bunch of tat. And I think I'm going to do a series on YouTube of Ali hack. tat I bought on AliExpress. Tat yeah. hacks. So this is a lighter. You know, how, So, Chris, one of your recommendations a while ago was have a long lighter so you can light candles and stuff. This is basically... How dodgy is this? Oh, my God. Can you hear that? Yeah. So can you describe it, for people that are listening, can you describe what it is? It looks dangerous. It's a, just basically, I think it's a taser. Taser, taser. But It's a taser. But you just put it into the candle and it lights it up. You charge it with your USB-C. Wow. That, that, I, I mean, only on AliExpress are you going to get that because there's no way that it's legal. I mean, what am I even going to call that? Like, buy a miniature taser to light a candle. Illegal taser. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so tempted to just be like, but I, I feel like I might. I was going to say, have you done it? Put, have you stuck something in it? Too scared. If you've done it, just do it to yourself. Just go like that really quickly. Sorry, I mean, high voltage, is it? No, but like, so what, what do I stand to gain? Like, I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt in some way. Content. I think it's, you, know, content. you know where the parameters are and, and also content, yeah. So knowing how much it hurts is a... I think it's good. It's good to know like the the lay of the land, isn't it, or something like that. Like, okay, I did that once. Yeah, I'll not do that again. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, What am I going to do? Right. So one of the things that I and probably almost everyone else have been struggling with over the last year has been finding that sort of gas and that motivation and that energy throughout the day. Not in a I need a coffee way or I need to have some food. More like. I've been on my own in my house working or doing whatever, and I just need to feel a little bit more energized the same way that you would whenever you have a conversation with someone or have to get out of the car. Um, And especially before a podcast, because I tend to record on an evening, I'm trying to find, you know, it's 6 p.m. I've maybe been up since 6.45, so it's 12 hours after I got up, and I've got to do the thing where I peak perform. Um, So... What I've taken to doing is turning some music on, like making a miniature playlist of maybe sort of two or three songs on Spotify and just doing a little mobility circuit of a couple of press-ups, a couple of squats, um, you know, maybe some stretches or for me, for my Achilles, some calf raises and stuff like that, whilst listening to some music at a fairly good volume. And the difference with a little bit of blood flow, you'd think I'm going to move more, that would make me more tired. But that time where you've got brain fog and you, not, your thoughts aren't really too clear, it's quite difficult to describe, but you know what I mean. You just feel foggy and, and not really sharp and on it. And um, yeah, like five minutes, even just five minutes of that and a big glass of cold water. I think a lot of this, the unifying thread that we discovered was when you told me about your acupuncture mat, Seth, and you said it's just a state change. You're just looking for something to change the state that your body's in. Could it be cold shower? Could it be sauna? Could it be a walk? Could it be some exercise with some music that gets you emotionally invested into it? All of these different structures. But this is one that you can pretty much always do no matter where you are. 
can always go and do a little couple of press-ups, couple of squats, some music on. And I feel I feel better. It's not a panacea for low energy, but it, it works more often than it doesn't. I really like that. Just a little kick up the bum and it's always accessible. Yeah. Miniature little playlist on Spotify, like some some good tunes from when you were a little bit younger that you absolutely love that are energetic. And then, yeah, you're away. So my, I have a life hack that's very, very related to that. A little bit different, but very related. So um, specifically for like, so I think generally I underestimate, I think a lot of people underestimate how a song can completely like night and day change your mood, either for the for the better or for the worse. And um, something I've heard a lot of people talk about, but I've never really done, is protecting your like training playlists. So have songs in your have a have a playlist in Spotify that you only listen to when you're training. You have and a, I, don't you have a PR song? I do. Yeah, I have a few. Yeah. The problem but is you, if that comes on on shuffle and you like. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to always have your belt on underneath whatever clothes you're wearing and you just leave it on. <laughs> just, oh, I'm going to have to go pick, Picking now. up Janice in the, in the office. Sorry, Janice, how much do you weigh? 102. Right, brilliant. Set <laughs> <laughs> of 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so the thing that I've noticed especially is like songs that you... So I have a... You know, every, every year you get a, a favourites thing on Spotify, like a 2020 favourites and whatever. So I have a... Um, I have a playlist which is all of the all of those in one called just past favorites. So it's all of my my favorites from every year since like whenever I got Spotify, like twenty fifteen. So wow. it's a lot. Yeah. You guys are so advanced with your Spotify use. <laughs> it's I feel like such a little. It's what happens when you? It's what happens when you pay two pounds a month for a membership. <laughs> as opposed you to use it. as opposed to sconing it for free. Yeah. Okay. So you got all of these, and then what have you done? Have you made a, a top so filtering off the top of all of them? It's just that, well, so it went, when some when something comes on generally, like I'll occasionally listen to that place if I've got nothing to um, nothing to listen to. And there'll be something comes on, you're like, oh, this is the, like, I haven't heard this song in three years. Put it in the training playlist and only listen to it. And it, it songs like that just create this effect that, and we've all had it, right? Like a song that like comes on when you're somewhere and you're like, oh my God, I've not heard that in ages. So I have a training playlist that you're always curating and always adding things to, but protect it because those that effect is it diminishes the more you listen to them have a sacred training playlist yeah i like that and you can you can do that with everything right so you can have a, a sleep playlist a morning playlist a work playlist this is one of the things that um i've been reading jonathan hates uh, the happiness hypothesis and he talks a lot about the sacred and the profane and there's not really much now that people treat in normal day-to-day life as sacred like if you actually think about what it is, it's weird stuff. Like, well, well it's, it's obvious stuff, like not being molested on the street. Like your personal body is sacred, right? Like obviously. But think about like other things around rituals. Like even people wear their shoes in their bedroom. People wear the shoes they've been outside in in their bedroom. That would never be accepted in like a subcontinental culture. Like, oh, in- God, if you did that in a, in a Muslim household, yeah. you'd, be, you'd get the slipper. Yeah, you would. Yeah, but the slipper wouldn't touch the floor. The slipper would be off, and it would be there to beat yeah, you with. Yeah, you have to go outside to the porch, take the slipper, and, and run inside. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I like I like having more sacred things, like having routines. I think that's part of the reason why we all love having morning routines, right? Like it's sacred, it's a sacred bit of time. Thank you. Very good, Seth. What you got? 
So um, you guys might not be aware of this, but I, I actually split my life hacks into physical and digital. And so I'm attempting to <laughs> to alternate here. Um, my digital one is Evernote Legacy. So I'm currently a Evernote refugee. Evernote, for anyone that doesn't know, they rolled out an update that was basically a global downgrade to every part of the function of Evernote, and it, it's lost its fitness for purpose. And so while I'm waiting for another app to bridge the gap and allow um, import functionality, which for me, I've got my eyes set on craft, I'm just waiting for the developers to allow Evernote import, is you can use the legacy version of Evernote um, in the meantime. So the hack is don't upgrade to the new Evernote, even though it looks nicer, it just won't work. Um, stick with the legacy version, but the problem is that's unsupported. So as operating systems grow, there's going to hit a point where it's no longer compatible. So, so by by wanting to continue to use Evernote Legacy, you also can't update any other parts of your operating system in case it gets <laughs> it gets turned Yeah, off. exactly. So that so this is this is not a permanent hack. This is an interim measure until can you downgrade? Let's say that I accidentally upgrade to new Evernote. Is there a way that I can downgrade? You can, but you might lose all your notes because yeah, this is why how bad it is because they've they've removed the offline storage functionality so um it's it's just risky business i wouldn't do it hopefully no big evernote fans are sat there with the new version of evernote i don't think anyone's a big fan of evernote now man like notion rome uh have just come in and captured the attention on the internet for all that this is exactly it like evernote have stayed so far in the past and it's such a shame because they were such a big company that had so much capital and you know, put poised massive to... first mover advantage in the note taking space as well, right? Like, think about. Th- do you know what it is? It's it's blockbuster to Netflix. It's like it you had is. it all. You had the brand equity. You had the user base. You had the the faith in the brand. And Maybe, you well, just... I don't I don't trust this new internet business. No, no, <laughs> VHS tapes, and then you go, all right, fine, but if you cannot get it on eight bit, it's not worth a look. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, I listened to Johnny Wilkinson on the High Performance Podcast with Jake Humphrey uh, and his scientific friend, and it's one of the best podcasts that I've listened to in a very long time. If you want to hear someone that you think should just be a hard guy talking about being in the present moment, about detachment from the ego, about embracing your true self, all this stuff, and you just think, like, hang on, I thought... He was a like a, a posh meathead. Um, and Johnny Wilkinson just sounds like he's done about 50,000 ayahuasca ceremonies. It's wonderful. And one of the things... This is like, the, the rugby player, Johnny uh, Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, man. He's, t- he's fucking fully awakened now. Like, absolutely fully awakened. And the episode's amazing. It's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Um, wow. Which is a, what should we search for? It's Johnny Wilkinson High Performance Podcast. Um, also on that show is Eddie Hearn. And Eddie Hearn, you just think as the same thing, kind of a Essex wide boy idiot with some cash behind him who understands fighters. Nah, like he's quoting Warren Buffett. He talks about how he understands his inner motivations from the way that his father treated him as a kid. Like the guy is switched on. Um, he's just so many more layers deep than I knew. Um, <clears throat> yeah, both of those guys really changed my opinion of them in great ways whilst listening to them. But what I took from the Johnny Wilkinson episode 
is find joy today. And what he talks about is that a lot of people presume that happiness is something that they will get to uh, in, enjoy in the future when they've got past the things that they need to do today. But the future never comes. That joy has to be found in the moment. And one of the most consistent mantras that I've written as part of morning journaling. Morning journaling has been, <laughs> uh, has been just find joy today, like find joy in the thing that you do. So this morning I went for a walk and it's frost, like sharp frost on the floor, but it's really nice. It's really still. The sun's sort of shooting through the clouds. I haven't got my phone on me. And I'm just able to be like, this is really, really nice. Like, this makes me quite happy. The The sky's clear. I can see birds. There was a dog on the other side of the street. I enjoyed the dog. Like just finding joy today and not presuming that it's a thing that you get to do in the future once you've got today out of the way. It's a really important point, especially for people that listen to this podcast. I think we're gonna we're all going to be more on the spectrum of deferring enjoyment and investing in ourselves long term and it's quite easy to lose sight of the fact that you're still living your life right now and so mm -hmm. finding some kind of inherent enjoyment from things that you do day to day is really important i think you're quite good with that johnny obviously that was one of the big reasons that you bought a dog right was to kind of take you out of that neurotic sort of self-involved business involved mind and i'm gonna kind of focus on an, another being and kind of just be present with it yeah well, it's it's like there's just certain aspects of having a dog that you just cannot avoid. Like it needs to be taken for a walk. There's no, it's not negotiable really. So yeah, and it, it is like the automating laughing and happiness. Definitely. Daily thing. It's brilliant. Um, Johnny, what you got? It's me. Right. So my, uh, this hack is related to reading speed, but I should preface this with, I am now, big moment, drum roll reading again <laughs> and the reason that i'm reading again which is kind of a, a life hack within the life hack is something that yusuf really kind of flipped the switch in my brain and explained to me which is the power of um things like evernote craft all these bits of software i've never really had a use for them i've never really understood like i just take notes and then don't refer to the notes and it's just pointless but hearing yusuf explain this like second brain idea and how if, if you, as you read a book or as you listen to a podcast or you're learning something that you think like, yeah, I'll need this in the future, then using that app as your searchable database for information. So I've now, when I'm writing notes about books and when I'm writing notes about like Q&A calls I'm listening to on courses we're on, I'm writing it as though like when I need this in the future, what will I, what do I think I'll search for? What do I think I'll type in to find it? So like this morning, Yusuf asked me a question. I, I was like, I'm sure I've typed literally the, a, a keyword in and suddenly three or four notes that I've made on that thing get brought up and I'm like oh yeah I remember that's already in my brain I just can't recall it so I have to use something else so that means that I've kind of all right it makes sense to read now I kind of understand why I'm reading again um, and a tip related to that that I got from Mark Manson which you two may have already come across when you're reading you tend to have like the the inner voice that's reading aloud so you're like reading in your head and that limits your reading speed quite a lot and if you just stop that so if you just so like when you're watching a film with subtitles you don't read the words in your head as the film's happening you just look at it and you've read it and you can do that with a book if you just decide to do that with a book so you just look at the words and you're like i've read the page and 
lo and behold, it's it's there. So just, I suppose, two, two in one. I've, I've kind of jumped the queue a little bit. But one of them is using something like Evernote, if you have it as whenever I learn something, I'm going to put it in here so that I can search for this topic in the future and what would that look like, that note. And then secondly, if you are then going to read from that or read as a result of that, just stop reading the words in your head and you read way quicker. Nice. So use something like Evernote, but not Evernote. <laughs> but not Evernote. <laughs> Shit. Well, so I, Yusuf recommended Craft to me, so that's what I've started using. It seems at the moment like Rome is is really sort of picking up speed, but I've never touched Rome. I've seen Notion and a couple of other things. What advice have you got for stopping the inner voice in your head whilst reading, other than just saying stop? <sighs> I don't know. I think like what I what I think of is if this uh, exactly the example I gave, like if this were a film and I was reading subtitles, I would just look at the words. Like when you when you read things in normal life, when you're not trying to read them, you still read the words like you've still you can still understand the sentence written down. Like when you look at a sign, you don't go turn left at the next exit. It's just look at it and you understand it. You just scan it quickly. There's a tip from Tony Buzan about stopping this, which is you give your audiophonic loop in your head something to do so you either think of a a tune that doesn't have words or you repeat something to yourself this is an exercise this isn't something you do for all of your reading for the rest of your life but (laughs) it's just to be able to learn that you can as johnny said you can detach the audiophonic loop from reading and you don't have to be like the cat sat on the map (laughs) that's awesome that's a good tip yeah it feels weird because it feels like you're not reading initially but if you kind of test yourself on the recall of what have I just read, it's amazing how like it took you seconds to read the page when it previously would have taken a minute, but you've still taken it all in. The problem I have with note taking whilst reading is that I don't sink into the content anywhere near yeah. as deeply. Um, and this is why for me reading on Kindle and then using progressive summarization highlighting makes a lot more sense because mm-hmm. You can just go through, highlight as you go, and then single batch process the entire book once you're done. Uh, go back through and make the, the the key takeaways. Plus, if you're using Readwise, which is actually, I'll I'll just explain that one as my next one after this. Um, but if you're using Readwise, then they'll deliver them to you on a daily basis. But- so I, su- I suppose the the tip is more like if you. So I see, like, I was explaining this to Yusuf, and Yusuf's, like, way further down the rabbit hole with me than this stuff. I'm just learning. But I see OmniFocus as, like, my RAM on a computer. So, like, if something is said to me, all I need to do is make sure it goes from there and into it. And I know that 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 system will take care of it. And then the other thing, so Evernote or Craft or Roam or whatever, is, like, your hard drive. So I don't need it now. I may never need it. But if I have a findable version of it in the future, when I want to learn, when I'm like, I want to get more into meditation, what are some best, what are the best resources about meditation? I'll just type meditation into my hard drive. And I'm like, oh yeah, I read a book six months ago about that re- referenced something tiny that now I can make use of. So that doesn't really matter how you make the notes, I suppose, as long as it's findable whenever you want that thing in the future. That's a great analogy. As long as you have a... The- as you start to build more and more notes, because I think I've got 5,000 or so at this point, that's where you start to need a, a decent tagging structure more and more. <clears throat> and the benefit of tags as well as notebooks is notebooks are the hierarchical structure that's 
you know organized and you've you've created it deliberately but tags allow things to straddle across multiple notebooks because they are themes that are shared but don't necessarily fit into a single notebook and over time you start to build this emergent structure and eventually cross links between notes that previously didn't happen and that's why the benefit of that's why Rome has become so popular because it allows ideas to have sex with each other or you can downgrade back from new Evernote to Evernote legacy and just get rid of all of your notes and you don't have this problem at all exactly yeah. you just it's, like, it's like the the men in black flash pen isn't it but so, yeah, but so actually Tiago Forte um threw shade at the new Evernote in a tweet recently saying like I love how the new Evernote is like replicating the human brain by like randomly forgetting certain notes. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a true external brain. Like it acts it's like sometimes you go and find it, it's not there anymore. Yeah. Weird. Brilliant. I just can't remember. Yeah. What you got, Seth? So, yeah. so this one is a physical life hack. And this is the, what does it say? Arsipurl or something. Arsipod. Is this from AliExpress again? This is actually from Amazon, but you can definitely get them from AliExpress as well. Um, And it is a retractable triple charger. So it has all three, because everyone's got like 100 little USB cables that are different end things, and it's really, and you've got like a drawer with them somewhere. This just has three in one. It's a little Medusa, and it's got the big three. So it has that one, that one. So and is that, that US, USB-C, Lightning, and micro USB? Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly. it's on a little sort of retractable reel with ratchets on, so you can make it longer and shorter. It's fantastic. Because then it just tidies up your, your room as well. Because we've got those little devices, you know, like your little taser. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever accidentally retracted it whilst a device has been attached to it and flung it across the desk? <laughs> it either breaks the device or stops charging it depending on how heavy the device is i I have to say like everyone's gone through a million charges across their lifetime and i treat my charges now with so much care i'm just like right i'm not going to wind them up like hard i'm just going to keep them as straight as possible that device programs in the opposite to that it's just stretching them and bending them and twisting them around yeah, but it, it's it's in a controlled way. But yeah, you're right. Like we all. I know just wonder how long it's got... going to last. It's they've lasted like a year so far. But yeah, we we all know someone who's got like a charger that's like held together with like bits of like hair bubbles and rope and like yeah. live wires like sticking out of it, going like. You know, yeah. Like... Well, haven't you? Isn't one of your previous life hacks the like the putty that you put at the end of the sugru, sugru at the end of the just to stop it from fraying? Because if you if your Mac charger frays, it's like. 50, 60 quid, quid for a new one, isn't it? 80 quid. Wow. That, that was with student discount. I think it was 86 quid with, without. Fucking, God. fucking they've just fuck. They've just got you by the curlies, haven't they? They really do. The short and curlies. They really do. Uh, right, this is the biggest change I've made to my productivity in 2021 and probably been the single best thing that I've done. And Johnny's going to hate me because he's been doing it for ages. Uh, it's, called, <laughs> it's called First Things First. So basically, what is the one thing that if I did it today, it would make the entire rest of my day feel like a success? And you just do that when you sit down at your desk. Um, I'm actually going to do I'm going to do a doubler here. Um, 
So first things first is just choose what the highest leverage task, the most important task for the day is that requires the most energy, the most input, and do that as you sit down. One of the things that I'm big into Mm -hmm. is trying to remove the anxiety you have of undone tasks because Mm -hmm. of an open loop. Like at at the end of every day, you kind of shake the Etch-A-Sketch and you get to restart the next day. But each day you have to meditate and exercise and go for a walk and do the rest of it. And the longer that you get through your day without having done that, the more that your mental RAM is taken up thinking about the fact that you still need to do it. Whereas if you can do those things first in the morning, I've, I've already meditated, I've read, I've done my journaling, I've got the main task for the day out of the way. The rest of the day just feels so much more liberated and you can genuinely enjoy it as opposed to constantly having this like future task that, that you're concerned about. So first things first is important and this is related to Chris Sparks' number one productivity tip, which is plan what you're going to do today, the night before, Um, And he says that every one minute you spend planning on the night before is worth 10 minutes the following day. Um, So what I've been using is the Six Minute Diaries new product, which is the Six Minute Success Journal, very similar to most other um, productivity journals, but I just prefer the process that they've got. Uh, That'll be linked in on Amazon. And um, just my evening routine now involves choosing the task, that thing. They call it big piece of cake but it should be, it should be um, what frog do you want to eat? Like what is the most high leverage, uncomfortable, but best return task that you need to do? And I'm just waking up on a morning and I know what I need to do. And if I do that thing, even if the rest of the day is completely awful, it doesn't matter. So I've got this TED talk coming up and like planning for a TED talk to, to go and do some time writing at like three in the afternoon is just bollocks but if you've got up you've done your morning routine you sit down at your desk and you nail two and a half hours planning a talk you're like right i've done it that's it i've completed my day now i don't care about these annoying little emails because i'm like it's like dancing through a dancing through a daisy field because you just feel like everything's already been sorted so yeah first things first and then plan what you're going to do the night before and the process i'm using for that is the six minute success journal which i think is absolutely awesome fantastic that's a cool tip so i've got i've got one so on the same theme as that um a lot of these things for me like tip like productivity tips are things that i learned like the first time i read getting things done whenever that was and i read it at the time i was like stupid and then like six years later you're like ah (laughs) now i understand so with the the big piece of cake um style of of things to do so like planning a ted talk i think we all have on our to-do list something like that, or maybe maybe your to-do list is full of things like that that seems so large and painful and difficult that you just kind of never do anything with them. Um, so actually what those are in, in GTD land are projects, not single actions. And all you can ever do is a single action. So all you can ever do is the thing that is the, the one, like I'm going to do this and it's completed. So breaking something like that down into single actions and then only looking at the one only considering the first step of that project is such an easy way to kind of always be nudging things forward all the time in your life. So like, I want to, I don't know, get some artwork from a room in my house. Like, all right, oh God. And then you sit down to try and do it and there's 10 steps to it. Then you try and do all of those at once. You're probably not going to do it. But if step one is ask a friend to recommend two websites that I can look at, you can fire that text off and suddenly 10 projects are moving forward every day in little ways and there's not really any resistance to it 
And before you know it, they've all been done. So basically the, the, the hack is if you've got anything on your to-do list that you are considering doing today, that is a huge thing. Instead of that, break it down into 10 things, into the 10 steps. So if you were explaining to somebody else, how are you going to do this action? What do those 10 steps look like? And the, only the first one should be on your to-do list, if that makes sense. Mm. And that's, that's for anyone who's read Getting Things Done, that is just how David Allen explained it 30 years ago whenever the book was read. <laughs> it's only just... We've just come across it now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. I think one of the main reasons people procrastinate is that they don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time I'll speak to the boys that are in the office about a, an assignment that they're struggling to do. And they're like, Oh mate, I was in the library all day yesterday and I'm, I'm here. I was in the office today and you know, this, I've got this big assignment coming in. You go, okay. Have you made the document on which you're going to write the assignment? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no, I have, a, I, I mean, right. Okay. And it's like, <laughs> So a big part of that, and I think me and Yusuf probably suffer with this a little bit more than you, Johnny, is to know that time dedicated to planning and reviewing is more important than time dedicated to the task. Like if you spend time before you do a thing constructing how you're going to do the thing, it makes everything so much easier. And if you Mm -hmm. don't do it, that it's basically a different challenge. It's a totally different challenge to try and um, manifest what do I need to do and then how am I going to do it as opposed to batching, okay, first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do that, then I'm going to ring the person, then I'm going to get the paperwork, then I'm going to go blah, blah, and just doing that. And after that, it's literally just a case of some some past version of you, yeah, step after step after step. The next step from that is, sorry, sir. Uh, No, just similar to the Chris Sparks thing that, is it an ounce of planning is worth a pound of execution or something like that? Um, I definitely, yeah, I definitely do struggle with if I haven't done that. I rolled into the morning like a PS1 RPG character that walks into the wall and then carries on walking and slowly <laughs> rotates on that axis and keeps, keeps walking. Yeah, it's so li- um, linked. linked it, it's just that we presume if I can get started on this task now, I'll make progress on this task now. Planning's taking time away from me doing the thing. And you're like, yeah, but it's it's deciding to drive to a place without knowing where the place is or the route you're going to take. It's just getting in the car and putting your foot down. Like, okay, I mean, before that, I should probably get the map out, have a look at the route, realize where I need to go, and then I can do it. The The hidden benefit of all of this that you don't necessarily realize until you've broken things down in that way is that when you have, like, when you're on a walk and you think, oh, I'll call someone, right? Or like, I'll, I've got a bit of spare time, I'll, I'll call someone. And you've got 20 projects in your life broken down into next steps. And five of them have things in them with the tag phone call. You can make five phone calls in the 15 minutes that previous you were like, at some point you need to make this phone call. Done, 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 done. And like five, all those things have been moved forward. So it's kind of facilitating the, when you have, you know, you, you sat waiting or you, you're on your phone or you're browsing Amazon. You think, oh, yeah, I wonder if there's anything that I've kind of forgotten. And you can you can filter through all of the little tiny subsections in your life that when I'm putting the art on the wall that I'm going to buy, I'm going to need picture hooks. I'm going to need. So done. So it's just a way of like reducing resistance, I suppose, planning and then making things easier on yourself in the future. And who doesn't want that? Everyone. Easy, easy things are nice, aren't they? They're lovely. Seth. So on the the journal theme, 
there's an app called Day One, which I can't remember if I've mentioned it on a previous Life Hacks, but it is beautiful. And it's very much designed for journaling and diaries and stuff. So it, it bridges that gap where Johnny was talking about the RAM, which is working memory of your brain, stuff that needs doing and needs to be in the system, but isn't going to be stored long term. It's not going to be archived. And actually, if it was in your external brain, it would clog things up. Um, and then you've got the archive, which is the stuff that you want to refer to in the future. But you might have this stuff in the kind of in-between bay, which is reflective stuff that doesn't have an immediate next action, but is a way to kind of take all these thoughts and neuroses and patterns and things and just put them into boxes and clarify your own thoughts and um, manage your, your emotions. And that's the whole purpose of a diary or a journal. And I think I, I definitely see the value in, in Chris's approach of like having a handwritten journal that gives you prompts and questions. But if you're the kind of person that hates handwriting and you want a free form thing, then day one is very good. The other benefit of it is that it's because it's designed like a diary, it allows you to, it, it tracks a lot of data, but it's all held on your device. Um, in terms of location, photos that you took that day, it's designed to really create like a tapestry of your life. So you can look back on it and it's it's just quite a cool um, way to be like, oh yeah, this is like a, a memoir. I use day one for more sort of significant emotional life events. Um, it's also like password protected, which is kind of good. So people can't just stumble upon, well, I mean, to be fair, like my journal's not where the worst stuff on my phone is. But like, <laughs> my camera roll's got some fairly awful stuff on it as well. So that that's a that's another one when you like you know you're trying to show someone like oh here's the um the new wall that I've had painted and you have to like scroll through the and people are like, like oh, no, look at my fucking like... camera roll mate yeah. So just not to kind of bowl in and and do the like while I was doing it before it was cool. I've been using day one since February 2012. Wow. So the the additional the additional thing that it does, which you you two may have heard, is like occasionally it'll say read this post on this day from five years ago. It's and very I, well like, designed, isn't it? The the thing the benefit I get from it is like you know you you go down this like personal development rabbit hole and you think like is it really doing anything? I'm not really sure. And then you read something, you read like the the thoughts that you were having four years ago and you're like yeah. my favorite thing you look back on something old and you're like what yeah. a twat i can't believe he was <laughs> yeah. i think there's an equivalent to hedonic adaptation it's like productivity adaptation because you're always wanting to further refine the edges and it's difficult to remember how bad you were and also you presume that as you get older you should be compounding your effectiveness so you don't want to be comparing your your productivity now to your productivity five years ago but your mindset or a mindset around yes around how you feel and the thoughts that consume your consciousness that is really stark like when i think man i once wrote in my day one i once wrote a, a major concern that the mc that spoke on the mic over the r&b dj in room two at riverside had left and i was concerned <laughs> that that was going to ruin the room and that would be the end of the business and that was worthy of putting into into my like personal thought emotion journal. And now like I don't even know the name of the person that does that. Like it just That's doesn't cool. it doesn't matter. It's not so even you, a spec on your no, 
doesn't even arise in consciousness. No. It, there was something I read, a guy we've had on our podcast a couple of times called John John Romanello talks about the value of having a, like a, a long-standing journal being you just you, you realize like firstly brilliant things and terrible things come and go they pass and you have got through all of the things that have been the worst things that have ever happened to you and now it's all fine so like you can read back to how you were dealing with what you perceived to be the worst thing ever at the time and like journaling at the time helps a bit because you get to write it down i guess and externalize the the mental talk but being able to look back on that three years later and go you know what like if anything like that happens again it'll probably be okay it's just a nice like tapestry of this is how my thoughts have evolved but now when something similar happens i deal with it better and so yeah i think it's a and day one i think it's probably the best app for it isn't it there's not it's really free a, as well i think yeah. there's a paid version for extra features too but uh, it's got that. a partner app on macbook as well doesn't it Those yeah. links in <clears throat> a little tab at the top like a little bookmark thing that drops down yeah i've only recently got the phone app to be honest I've had that's the Mac all app like the, time, all the, the it's like music you listen to or is it does, does it do that on the mac app as well not as much the the phone app as you said yeah it's more designed for the tapestry mm. i think more it gives emojis. you prompts as well it's not totally free form like i think you can it can say like what's the so it's the it's the phone app where i get like the see what you were doing in january have you got notifications mm. for day one turned on i have wow for I mean, that to, reason to, that's to get huge to, to to be allowed through the gate that is your notification barrier special i've got a got a life hack related to that as well interesting deliveroo i think is the only deliveroo and phone calls are the only <laughs> like two your things. food is coming yeah that's it that's all i'm bothered about <laughs> so the only things that day one notifies me about is either read this journal entry which is always interesting and like you can set the notification to fill the journal in to be randomized and i think that's the best way uh, of, what you do what have you done this week or whatever yeah, yeah. And so like that, I just use that as the prompt. And if there's nothing interesting, I just don't bother. So that's really cool. Yeah, I've got to be fair, all of these, um, all these different functions I haven't bothered digging into. Right. Um, so this is one that I realized last year, and it's a bit of an uncomfortable truth, but I think I'm really enjoying telling people things that they don't want to hear at the moment. So I got shouted out on the internet for talking about Trump and then I got shouted out on the internet for talking about existential risk and I got shouted out on the internet for talking about the single biggest predictor of extramarital sex being premarital sex um, but facts don't care about your feelings and this is another one of them the thing that you need to remember whoever you are that's listening is that you are the common denominator in every experience within your life so imagine that you always seem to be looked over for promotions at work or people just, uh, your partners always seem to kind of get sick of you after around about six months, or your friends always do invite you out to things, or you always are the first person that gets picked for the sports team, or whatever it is, both good and bad, if there is a recurring theme in your life, you are the common denominator, not them. So a lot of the time I'll have a conversation with someone, I had a conversation with someone yesterday, who I regularly sort of semi-regularly speak to maybe once every couple of months. And the conversation always has the same tone to it, always has the same sort of feeling. It's a, a little bit antagonistic. It's, a, it's quite sort of debatey. It's a little bit self-righteous. And um, I remember saying like, man, like, is, is this how you are with everyone? He's like, no, no. And I was like, well, 
I don't have this conversation with anyone else but you. So it like in the nicest way possible, it's not me. Like I only do this when you arrive. So you're the common denominator within this situation. And it just reminds us that so much of what happens in life is within our control, at least with regards to our responses and the way the tenor that we have when we do things. So yeah, remember that you're the common denominator. So if ever there's a theme, if ever there's like something happens more than it doesn't, you think, well, if it's normally happening to me, then I probably have some involvement in it. Yeah. I mean, imagine yeah. if imagine if you always if whenever there's a problem, you always deal with it. Like you're the common denominator. Like mm. you are you are dealing with the problems. And the reason it's an uncomfortable truth is that it forces us to realize that our failures are ours to bear, but also our successes are ours to bear, especially if they're consistent. It's not a truth that a lot of people would accept or want to hear because they get more benefit from being the victim or the martyr or the whatever the the role that they're playing than they do from taking personal responsibility and pay, taking agency. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, I can see how if you say that to certain people, like, oh, you know, that thing always happens to you, but it doesn't happen to anyone else. So maybe <laughs> it's <laughs> it can be a bit like, oh, well, no, because they're just all a dick. Like every boss I've ever had has been a dick. Or every Precisely. Every ex-girlfriend girlfriend has always found me to be possessive okay like what's more likely that all of them happen to have the same weird quirk or that you are the person that is causing it i mean the problem is obviously there are things that aren't our fault and there are things that go wrong which are out of our control and that are unfortunate and unlucky so the kernel of truth that this could have occurred once you could have been with a girl who was an absolute or a guy who was an absolute dick to you and said that you were a bunch of ways that you're not that can be true but if that continues to happen, then with a higher and higher confidence interval, the probability <laughs> of it being them becomes lower. It's you. Um, it's, yeah. There's also it's just no fault. downside to doing like the the Jocko Willink, like just taking complete responsibility for everything. Because there's never really like yeah, it's it's you might make make you feel a bit sad, but like at least you're trying to solve the problem and working towards a a, a solution or an improvement. That's a good point. Like, even when it's not you, it no still downside. probably benefits you to yeah. just be like, well, I'll just take I'll just care of it anyway. It. Mm -hmm. Johnny. Are we still on long form or are we doing quick fire? Uh, yeah, let's do a quick, let's do a quick fire. Also, if you've watched anything on Netflix or read anything recently, probably be a good place to throw some, some stuff in here. Okay. So I have some, I have some fitnessy ones, some quick ones. Um, quite a lot of people I know, myself included, are very consistent with like a multivitamin and vitamin D, but quite inconsistent with creatine. I don't know whether either of you two have this problem. You have just described me, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have had this problem in my life for ages, for like as long as I can remember. And it's actually credit to my protein who fixed this. So they sent us a, a box of stuff uh, to review like pre-Christmas. And in that box was a tub of creatine tablets creatine monohydrate tablets that like I'd always looked over because I thought, well, you know, what benefits that? But now I just take five creatine tablets when I take my multivitamin and I always take my creatine. So That's go. great. That's a good way to put it in because the only time that you have creatine if you're not having it in tablet form is if you also have a shake and exactly. you don't always have a shake every day. Exactly. So I like, I very rarely miss vitamin D. 
because it's like in the morning with breakfast, like multivitamin, vitamin D. And then creatine's like, oh, well, later I'll mix some kind of like squash and water and I'll have it then. And I always forget. Or like yeah, there's, there's more steps involved in creatine. Mm-hmm. I think off the back of that, I have been more consistent with creatine recently, but that's because one, I use Crea Pure rather than creatine monohydrate, which is it's the same, but it's just more purified. It doesn't give me the same nausea that normal creatine does, um, which is again, it just, like the whole James Clear thing. Like if it's unpleasant to do, if it makes you feel nauseous, you then you're like, yeah, yeah, you're like, oh well, I'll have it after my meal, not before, and um, <clears throat> and also mixing it in hot water. So if I have a morning cup of tea, I'll have it before or after the tea. I just can't. I just can't. The, the thought of putting like creatine in my morning coffee just feels... I wouldn't put it, it in the morning taste. coffee. Um, just have I, it before or after with a little bit of hot water, not boiling. So but all it's, those... It's a faff, though. Yeah. The, the only downside with the tablets are they are quite big. So if, you, like, if you're not great with taking tablets in general... Um, but I've actually found it's a nice, quite a nice thing to, to train yourself. So initially I had to do one tablet at a time. Now I'm just all five in at once. So I'm training when, I, when, when Johnny was at mine and I ordered a, a big bag of carrots and he helped me put them away in the fridge <laughs> <laughs> so that I could train that as well. Um, anyway, my next life hack <laughs> is blob opera. So this is a digital one and it's, I mean, it's very, very highbrow. Um, Google have made a series of AI projects and Blob Opera is an AI um, opera thing. There's five blobs and they've all got faces and each one is like tenor and soprano and bass and whatever. And depending on how you move the mouse or your finger or if you're doing it on your phone, they do different harmonies and different um and you can actually produce some really beautiful blob operas so if you're listening search for blob opera on google have a play around and say goodbye to your evening because you'll be so it's on to it for make music you specific you produce the music yeah and you can record them send them to friends can you see popular ones that other people have done i think you can i don't know how there must be a library of them somewhere I've seen the videos. It's they're quite sort of cute characters, and they all go like, yeah, exactly like that, don't they? Yeah, stand up straight and open their mouth. Uh, right. So I have been. I've sent this to a bunch of different people, and I also put it in my newsletter. But it's going to go in here. Red Rising uh, is a series by Pierce Brown, who is going to come on the podcast once he finishes writing his sixth book. But it's just every single person that I've given this fiction series to has become addicted and it's consumed quite a lot of their life. So please take care with this life hack. <laughs> I am warning you now. Um, but Red Rising's, it's a really easy to read, very fast-paced, engaging. It's, I guess it would technically probably fall under sci-fi, but there's a lot of sort of history references in there, and it's just to do with politics and backstabbing, and there's this guy rising up through the ranks, and he's infiltrating different societies. But the whole world, very similar to the Harry Potter thing, the whole world feels quite encompassing. Uh, Red Rising, go and, go and read it. And the first one is is sick, and then there's five in the series that you can get stuck into if you enjoy it. So highly recommended. Nice. Um, is it me? Go away. When, so you probably heard one of the tips is turn note, all notifications off, which you mentioned before. Like, I think you should have most, if not all notifications off. The problem I found with that, I don't know whether you two, I think you have 
changed to what I'm about to say. I don't know what you do with this, Chris. But when I did that, I was like, right, it's full blackout. Like, I don't want anything. I don't want the badge notifications. I don't want the noises. I don't want anything. And what that actually started to create was a a worse version of the, like, app spiral of you'll go on your phone, you, like, look at your email. Like, all right, there's no new email, so I think I'll that. I wonder if there's any WhatsApp, so I'll have a look in WhatsApp. And then before you know, you're back at email again. And basically turning notifications off, all that does is creates, well, I need to go and check when there's something new because there's no way, of, no other way of knowing. So basically turning all notifications off but leaving the red badge on allows you to relax a bit. Because you can see, I know it's like you can see it accumulating, but there's no need to go in and check. And with things like iMessage, Sometimes if you open iMessage and it opens on someone's message, that's then un- that's then marked as unread and you, for- you can easily forget about it. So for me, leaving the notification badge on, but it doesn't bombard me. When I want to look at my phone, I'm like, okay, I've got some emails, got some WhatsApp, got, got some iMessages. I can't respond now, but I'll look at them later, for example. So I'm terrible with replying to things. Pretty much everyone who knows me knows that I'm terrible at replying to things. And I think this has contributed to that over time. I think not not having the badge on, not having any way of knowing there's unprocessed stuff in that app means that like, it's easy to forget. So that's really helped me recently. Yeah, I had notifications turned off fully for WhatsApp for a while and I've sent sent and received millions of WhatsApp messages over the last few years. Um, <clears throat> from my, like for me, I still keep badges off. I've been through the, the valley of despair that you went through and <laughs> now because... I like to use the web app for WhatsApp. I like to use iMessage on my desktop and I don't ever have emails that are urgent. Not anymore. You guys may, but nothing that I ever receive. If it's urgent, they'll ring me. And if it's not, I'll check in when I check in and I'll check in on my laptop. So I think this is, it's a really good point and it's one that I still, I do agree with, but I think I've found a, a technique that works slightly better for me for where I'm at at the moment. I think you're even further through the evolution by the sounds of things. I mean, Chris's global WhatsApp analytics for total number of messages sent and received makes me want to throw up. It's actually you get invited to like the WhatsApp con- annual conference of like heaviest users. Yeah. It's in like the the teraflops of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a thing that I learned: the um, entire internet in terms of the electrons that make up the data, not the storage devices that they're on, but the electrons that make up the data is smaller than an orange. Is that if you push them all together and there's yeah. no space between them? Yeah. I don't know what to make of that piece of information, Chris. Also, if you were to write out on double-sided A4 paper all of the information that is generated by the internet every day and then stack them up in a single stack... They'd go from here to the sun and back four times. Daily. Daily. Yeah. I suppose it depends on how big your handwriting is, doesn't it? But it, either way, you're getting to the sun. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an effort. Seth, what you got? <laughs> I may have mentioned this before, but upgrade to the maximum internet that your location allows. Just, like, for the sake of an extra 20 quid or something, to have the fastest internet like just think of the amount of time that that saves overall like all these little all these little bits of time waiting for something to buffer or waiting for a page to load and if that's just eliminated like you so this was actually from george mcgill 
when he was just saying you should always pay for more speed because if you can eliminate friction for stuff then amazing and now we're going to hit a point soon where this is no longer applicable for most humans because then we'd be limited by the person i think me and johnny have talked about this um in terms of using alfred or using software that makes you really fast at something when actually now it's your brain that's the slow thing which is great like we, we want things to move in that direction but that's why like the m1 macbook pro it's fast it's good and if you're a like a power user of mac then you will get the full use out of it but for a lot of people like if you ever use the trackpad to like go to the address bar and then type google.com and then scroll with it like just don't bother with any of this stuff like get a chromebook until you can max that out so i think the the whole um moral of that story is like whatever technology you use squeeze the lemon of it and then say right i've earned the right to upgrade to the next level of speed um just making sure that you're never bottlenecked by the technology so the, the bottlenecking is the big thing because it's like the so i have this conversation with people who think that Macs are worse than PCs and they'll say like, oh, well, I've built my own PC and it's got, I've got more RAM. I've got more RAM than you have. And I spent half the money. It's like, that's, that's a valid argument until you have to restart your computer once because the app was like, yeah, the, the Microsoft office crashed or it doesn't work. And it's the same with internet. Like, yeah, you save 20 quid a month and that might be, you know, great across a year. But if you have to deal with like a day on the every day, a video that buffers for a minute, think how long that accumulates. It's like the whenever you bottleneck by something regularly, it is usually worth just paying to remove the problem. And then you just never realize it's just it's an emotional thing. Like I tweeted the other day saying, like, does anyone have a legitimate reason for um, having a PC over a Mac? And all the answers were like, oh, well, if I want to change the the graphics card on this thing i will okay but like they're all special special use cases yeah Yeah. if anyone does have a legitimate reason (laughs) for using a windows operating system computer over a macbook please leave it in the comments below i'm more i'm more than happy to to have my mind changed about this but every use case is specific like it just windows computers just don't work the same I, I, way as Macs I have to do. I use both. Like, day-to-day, I probably use a Windows computer more in total hours than, the NHS, than yeah. Mac, and there's just no comparison. I mean, in fairness, I'm using, like, Windows 98 or something, Vista. so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, the reasons are always like, oh, I use this bit of, like, stock trading software and it only works... Okay, specific case. Like, M- MT4 we're talking about general, phone, general day-to-day use of just using a computer well the, without... the solution is you, you you give two people eight hours in a different device and you say right you've got this lay you've got this section of work to do off so you, you go to see who fucking hell yeah it's not even a... so this actually relates to the people who are on uh, macbook yusuf told me about this when i first got my mac i think or when you first maybe alfreded me by pressing control command and space you bring up an emoji keyboard and you can select them from there now, Seth has gone one step further and put an Alfred emoji shortcut in, which means that he can do it directly from his Alfred dashboard, but presuming that you don't want to go that that deep. And I 
even though I'm an avid Alfred user, I still use control command space. A lot of the time, I think, because I don't actually know quite the emoji that I need. I'm like, oh, this is an emoji that space. It looks like a bolt, but it's, is it electric or is it? Not so... even that. I'm just, I want inspo. I want emoji uh... inspo. So I'll have a little look. I'm like, mm, ooh, should it be an apple? Should it be an orange? Oh, is that a croissant? Like, do you know what I mean? I just want to have a, <laughs> is that, is, is that a potato? Like, <laughs> Might there is a potato. potato. I think there's a sweet potato now as well. There, there is, is, yeah, exactly. This is technically a sweet potato, by the way, as well. So, sorry about that. Yeah, fair enough. I think if you want to browse the emojis, there's another app actually that does that, but slightly, slightly quicker, called Rocket for for Mac. There's like three dollars, which is worth it. Uh, it's very similar to the Command Space um, Control, just slightly more nicer interface. Interesting. Should we leave it there, gents? I think uh, we've got some in the tank still for uh, for moving forward. That was really good. I've uh, written... Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Awesome. Uh, I've written everything in the show notes below. If you want to go and check them out, I will find some links for a waterproof paper and pencil and a miniature taser where I can. Uh, if there are any discount codes that I've managed to find as well, I'll throw them in too. If you enjoyed it, if you've got your own life hacks, just put them in the comments or DM me at chriswillx, wherever you follow me. Where should people go if they want to check out more of your stuff, boys? Two places. If you're thinking like, ooh, online coaching. Those guys do online coaching. Their life looks so appealing. Propanefitness.com forward slash modern wisdom. If you just want some macros for free, then propanefitness.com and use the calculator on the main page. And a new URL if you're just thinking about starting an online business or you want to learn a little bit more about how to go online, propanefitness.com yeah, so slash... If you're, I suppose, mw business you got it right i did you got it right yes indeed i love it gentlemen thank you for this we will come back we will do more life hacks soon it is a pleasure Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget that you might be listening but not subscribed. Go and press that subscribe button. Just navigate to your little little podcast app and give it a, give it a good old tap, tap, tap away. Press the subscribe button so that you are notified every time that a new episode goes up. Plus, it would make me incredibly happy indeed. Also, don't forget that you can get a 20% discount off everything site-wide at Reebok.co.uk, including their amazing brand new Nano 11s. The code MW20 will get you 20% off. So head to Reebok.co.uk after you've subscribed to Modern Wisdom and go and check out the new shoes. Peace.